What's up, everybody? This is Real Talk with Matt Matthews. I am your host, and today we are going to be um, having another podcast episode with a awesome businesswoman and photographer. Um, now, Bridget, make sure I say your last name right. Okay, so is it Bridget Chiavari? Yes, that's right. Oh, I got it right. Yes. Okay. So today we have Bridget on the podcast with us. She is a photographer and a business owner. And um, she has a pretty unique story. Um, and so I want to talk about that with you, Bridget. Bridget, tell us how you found the show and kind of like what made you decide that you wanted to come on here and share your story with us. Um, so I found um, your show via, I mean, learning about boudoir photography through your group, actually. Um, I was new to photography at the point that I found your group and, um, it was just so uplifting. All the other photographers in there were amazing and everyone was very like easygoing. And so, um, I automatically started, um, like looking forward to your Instagram stories and how uplifting you were as a person. And then when I found out that you were having a podcast, I got so excited. Um, I just love the energy that you bring into everything and um i was super excited that i could have a podcast to listen to about it that's so uplifting well thank you so much i try bitch it's hard <laughs> like it is hard like i was saying the other day i was like shit i'm tired like i'm always hustling my assistant was like i get tired just watching you because it's like i never stop but you know i always say i'm like if you don't hustle nobody's going to hustle for you so like if you don't do the work then if I don't get off my ass and do stuff, then nothing's going to get, ha nothing's going to get done. So I have to, you know, I got to stay on my grind every day. Yeah, um, it's like motivating to see other individuals that are like that, you know? So it's like, well, they're doing it. I need to do it. I need to get up. I need to do this stuff. So it's like, it's good to surround yourself with that. Absolutely. So Bridget, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what got you into running your own business and being a business person and photography and that kind of thing. Well, so that, um, that stems from my stroke actually. So, um, uh, I, I lost a lot of memory due to my stroke. I now had a brain injury and I, um, I was losing moments and I have two children and, um, I noticed one, one year we went trick-or-treating with my daughter and the next morning I woke up and I like realized that I didn't remember taking her trick-or-treating. Okay, wait, back up. Okay, so tell everybody about this stroke because I've heard just a little bit about it, but I don't really know what happened. So if you can give us the details about that, what happened there? Let me start with that one. So I was 25. Um, I was married to my husband. We had an 18-month-old daughter. I was very active. I worked as a beverage cart girl on a golf course, and I was um, an avid hiker. I went hiking all the time. Um, did I say I was pregnant? No, I don't think so. Well, I was also I was also twenty four weeks pregnant, and I went out on a hike one night with um, my friends and all of our children. We we put our children in like a hiking carrier on our backs, and we go hiking with them. Um, I think it was like two miles into the hike. Um, the, we let our, we let our kids run around and we took a break and we sat down. And when 
we noticed that the sun was starting to set. So it was time, it was time to get going so we could get home before it got dark. And um, I went to go pick my daughter up to go put her into the hiking carrier. And I felt like a pop go off in my head. And it was like, like, all of a sudden, everything was spinning around me. I got super dizzy. I like felt like I needed to throw up. Um, and I tried to sit down for a little bit. My friends were trying to like, give me water. And it wasn't helping any my head was pounding it was like the worst headache of my entire life but um we knew that like we had to we had to hike back because what else are we going to do and so um i ended up hiking back the two miles and then i i went home i stupidly drove me and my daughter home which i'm kicking myself in the butt for but you can't change it so i i came home and um, my husband was like, okay, go lay down. Um, maybe it's, it's pregnancy. That's what we were, we were thinking, you know, like it's pregnancy. It wasn't abnormal for me to just start throwing up and it wasn't abnormal for me to feel dizzy. Um, so I tried to lay down and I tried to sleep it off and it, the pain was getting really bad in my head. It was getting worse and worse. So my husband decided to take me into the hospital and the hospital, um, they basically said it was dehydration and they gave me an IV bag and some Tylenol and basically like sent me home after that. Um, and then on the way home, the pain was so bad at this point. It was like nothing I can even describe. It literally felt like my head was going to explode. And um, at this point, something like snapped in my brain. Like I knew in my head that like something was wrong. and if I didn't do something that I was going to die. Like it was like that fight, fight or flight moment, you know? And um, at this point I wasn't able, my, I wasn't able to say anything. My, I wasn't able to communicate. And so I just started like hitting everything in the car and kicking my legs. And my husband was like, he probably thought I was freaking insane. Cause like he had no idea. And, um, and he, brought me that was like my last memory that I had was just thinking like I'm going to die and when we got home he put me into bed he had to carry me in the house wait so you went back home even after you couldn't talk yeah well like oh, hell no <laughs> yeah like at this point um I I think I was like unconscious at this point um because like I, I it, it sounded like my husband just like literally scooped me up, carried me into bed, put me into bed and um, basically told me to sleep it off. Just like the hospital, you know, like we listened to the doctors and we thought I was just supposed to sleep it off. So I laid in bed and then sometime in the middle of the night, I tried to get up and I like completely ate it and like busted my whole lip open. And that's when my husband was like, okay, we're taking your ass back to the emergency room. And he like demanded that a CT scan be done. And so right when they did the CT scan, they saw that there was bleeding in my brain. And so um, they like told my husband that they had to do a brain surgery right away. Otherwise I wouldn't have lived two more hours. And so he was like, okay, like go ahead and take her away, do the surgery. So you went all that time with having a stroke and they sent you home. Oh, baby, I'd have sued the shit out of that hospital. 
my gosh. Yeah, that was very frustrating because um, thinking of it now, I'm like, if they would have caught it the first time that I went in, then yeah. I've suffered so much deficits and like if my recovery would have been a lot smoother, I'm sure. So that's very frustrating to say the least. Like, ugh, it's very frustrating. But at the end of the day, I'm so unbelievably grateful for the hospital because I would have died, you know, right. like they saved my life at the end of the day. So I have to be grateful. That's like, I, I owe them everything. It's crazy. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Now. So you had, sorry, I kind of got, I got sidetracked because I was just like shocked that you like went all this time and they sent you home and they were just like, ha ha, you're dehydrated. Like nothing's wrong. So you had the surgery, you went in for surgery. Yeah, so I went into surgery. Um, they basically had to uh, drill into the front of my skull and into my brain, and they put a tube inside of my brain that um, it would drain out the extra fluids and the extra blood that's like, I don't, that's making not enough room, I guess. Mm-hmm. Causing like no pressure doctor. in your brain and stuff. Yeah, I'm no doctor, so whatever. <laughs> Baby, I went to nursing school for two semesters. Don't play me. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And you probably know more about this than I do, honestly. Like, it's it's like all a foreign language to me. Um, so they, they put that in my brain, and that had to stay in there. I think it was in there for three weeks. So I stayed in the ICU. Um, while I was in the ICU, um, I was on a lot of different meds, and I was, I don't know if it's from like the brain injury itself or from the meds, but I, um, I had like the ICU psychosis or ICU delirium and I was hallucinating a lot of stuff that wasn't true. So a lot of my memories from this time, um, they're either made up in my own mind or I'm hearing it from third parties or is that what's called third parties? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing it from other people. So I don't know, um, I, I'm not very good at recollecting this time, but I was just hallucinating a lot. I was thinking that my husband was trying to kill me. I was thinking that the nurses were trying to kill me. I tried to escape multiple times. Um, it was just like, it was a nightmare being in the ICU. And I'm, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, but in my mind and what I believed, it was one of the worst things that I, ugh, it was awful. Right. It was just so scary. Um, so they couldn't really do a lot because I was pregnant at the time. And so they basically said like, okay, once you're out of the hospital, try and heal up. We'll have um, a C-section to get the baby out. And then we'll talk about why the stroke happened and we'll figure out more after we make sure that the baby's okay. And he, he my son, my baby was, um, he did fine like the whole time even like despite the stroke, he was absolutely perfect and healthy the entire time, which is so crazy to me. <laughs> I don't know. Medicine is insane to me that that's like, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, but he, um, I had him via C-section and I think that was when I was 37 weeks pregnant, I had him via C-section. And, um, after that I went through some tests and they, saw that I had a uh, arteriovenous malformation, which is an entanglement of blood vessels inside of my brain. And um, it can basically like, it can rupture at any given, at any given moment. 
Um, so another stroke can happen again while it's still in there. Um, so that's a, the very scary part that I'm having to live with now is that it's basically just like a ticking time bomb in my brain and anything can really set it off. So you have this in your brain that can still cause a stroke at at any other time, basically. And there's nothing that they can do about it. Like nothing that you just have to deal with it. Um, so that's the frustrating part. So, um, I went in for a craniotomy, basically brain surgery to get it removed. Um, So before they do the brain surgery, you have to usually get something called an embolization. So they go in with this little tiny catheter through your groin, and it goes up into my brain, and they inject a little, um, a substance called onyx, which is a fancy name for glue, basically. They inject it into your brain, and they try and block off as many blood vessels as they can so that the brain surgery isn't isn't as risky and you're like your chances for bleeding out less than a lot so um I went in the day before my big brain surgery day to get that done and um something had happened I guess a piece of the glue broke off and it traveled a little bit farther down the blood vessel than it was supposed to and it got lodged in this perfect spot that they thought that they they had stopped all blood flow that was feeding into my AVM. So they they had thought that it was that it was fixed and that the problem was healed and we wouldn't have to do the brain surgery. And I was so excited. Um, I would have to come back every six months for uh, uh, an angiogram, basically a, a scan to make sure that that spot was still healed. And when I went in for my first angiogram six months after, they saw that it wasn't healed and that there was still blood flow feeding into this AVM. And they thought that doing a brain surgery for it was now too risky. And so I was out of the running for the brain surgery. And um, they they told me about this treatment option through um, radiation. Um, some of it's called gamma knife or cyber knife or linear radiation. There's a whole bunch of different kinds, but it's basically, they, they basically zap your brain with radiation and I know it's so crazy. This hospital, we need to know because um, we need to not go to this hospital because this hospital is fucked. Like I am, I just Uh, don't understand. Like this is so crazy to me. So now you have this like you said, ticking time bomb in your brain that could go off at any moment and potentially kill you. So how, how do you think, I mean, how do you cope with this every day? Like, how is this, how do you go every day and not let it consume your life? Oh, it does. It consumes my life a hundred percent, but I try and make it, um, like consume it in a positive way. If that's, if that makes any sense. Um, I mean, it was really hard for a long time. Um, I told you before, I struggled really, really badly with depression. Um, one of the main, one of the most, what is that? The most, um, the most common side effects of a stroke is depression. So I got depression from the stroke. And then right after that, um, I had my baby and I struggled really, really hard with postpartum depression. And I was just like a wreck for the first year. Like I, I 
I was an emotional mess. Like, and then I had this ticking time bomb in my brain that made it a hundred times worse. So yeah, it wasn't easy, but now I've, I've kind of learned to um, shift it in more of like a positive way and like literally live every single day. Like it, it was my last, you know, mm-hmm. um, I try to just always keep that in the back of my mind. When you like change your mindset to be grateful for things, it's a game changer for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. You know, and so many people don't understand that part and, you know, I've kind of, you know, I've gotten to that point in my life too, where you just have to be grateful for everything. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was like, if this was my last day on earth, like if this was it, this was, this was the day that I was going to die, would I be happy with how I lived it? Would I be happy with the things that I've done and the people that I have inspired and what I feel like my job is done? And while there is so much more that I feel like I am supposed to do and like there's so much more that I am, you know, like meant to do, like I, I mean, I love inspiring people, which is why, um, excuse me, which is why I wrote a book and did a podcast and, you know, go speak at events and whatever the case is, like, because I didn't have that growing up and I didn't have, you know, that amazing inspirational like I never had somebody that I looked up to really because they were all shit shows so you know being able to have that is just so important and being able to be grateful for everything is something that so many people take for granted and so you know like being able to ask yourself if you were to die today like would you be happy with what you've done so far yeah and I, I hope that um everybody would I hope that everybody would say yes to that question, you know, and it breaks my heart to know that people aren't. Yeah. Uh, So I try and do the same thing. I try and just spread the positivity around because it really is so important. Um, Compassion is also a huge lesson that I've learned during all this, just to um, really just be, I don't be present for other people. Mm-hmm. And be mindful as to like what they are going through or like why they, why they think or why they act a certain way. Um, that has just been a huge eye opener for me. Like my stroke was like, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it was also, it sounds so cheesy, but it was one of the best things that has ever happened to me because I was a shitty person before it. Like I was not living life to the fullest. I was working a job that I hated. I was taking every day for granted. And so I'm glad that like this, this had happened to me because it completely opened my eyes and it was the best wake up call from the universe that I could have ever received. So Bridget, you had this stroke and you then got into photography. So you said, you know, some of your memories were gone and so this kind of got you into photography. So tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of spiraled into what it is today. Yeah. So my, um, my husband had actually bought me a, a little like a Canon T6 for my birthday. And then I had my stroke um, three weeks after that, three weeks after he bought me my camera. So I really had not learned how to use it. I like basically just, I like took pictures on auto and <laughs> called it a day. Um, and then after my stroke had happened, 
so my stroke happened in September and in October, um, it was Halloween and, um, I took my daughter trick or treating and, um, I realized the next morning that I did not remember taking her trick or treating. I didn't remember, um, what she was. And that made me really sad to know that I was missing out on these memories with my kids. Cause I wasn't, my brain wasn't pertaining. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it you wasn't remembering the things. So yeah. you forgot what she was for Halloween. You forgot all these things in literally one night. Yeah. And it um it was like rant like sometimes I would go a week and I would remember everything. And then sometimes it would just happen and I wouldn't remember the whole day. Um a lot of it has to do with like how much I am um how much uh, like how much work I'm doing or like how much um, stimulation I'm getting or like if I'm tired. So a lot of it depends on that. But um, I just noticed that I wasn't, I wasn't remembering what my kids were doing and that made me really sad. And so yeah, then and I, that's so scary. Yeah, it, it was really scary. And it, I mean, it still is because it, it still happens from time to time. Um, so I just became obsessed with taking pictures of them and taking pictures of everything not just them everything because I didn't want to forget it you know I I love that like I think that is I think that is so inspiring to other people photographer or not like because I don't know if you have um I don't know if you've read uncovered or anything but my mom passed away um when in 2000 in 2015 so I did a photo shoot for my mom, uh, October of 2014. She passed away March, 2015. Um, and so I always tell people, I'm like, if you exist in photographs, then you exist forever. Um, and having, having those pictures of her are the most, like, that is my most prized possession. And you know, it was like one of the last moments with her and they were just like, they were beautiful and they were just amazing. And so I tell people, and you know, my friends ask me all the time, like, why are you, why do you always take pictures of us? Like everywhere we go, we have to take selfies. We have to do this and do that. And I'm like, because it's so important because you don't know when your last day with that person is going to be. I mean, my mom passed away suddenly. There was nothing wrong with her. And, you know, so it is so important to have those photos because if you have those photos with somebody and you have those memories, then that person is always able to exist for you because it, I don't know if you've ever lost anybody close to you or whatever the case may be, but once somebody has been gone for a long time and as sad as this is, but like my biological mother passed away in 2014. And so once somebody has been gone for a certain amount of time, you start to forget certain things. Like you'll forget what their voice sounded like, or you'll forget what they really smelled like or things like that. But once it's, you know, once it's been seven, 10, 15 years, you know, those things kind of fade away. But as long as you still have those photographs, then you still have those memories. And so I think it's so important for people to take photos. And, and I don't mean like you have to be a professional photographer and whip out your huge camera and photograph the most beautiful portraits, but just take photos of people and take photos of things around you to remember and to have memories of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I always, this is like such a stupid petty thing, but I remember, um, I remember when, right after I had my stroke, I was in the hospital and my sister started up a GoFundMe page and she put, um, a pic, I mean, bless her soul. She, she, she had no idea, but, um, she put this picture of me up as like the GoFundMe, like, I don't like the picture on there, you know, mm-hmm. and it was such an, I hated this picture of me. And all I could think was if I were to die, that would probably be like the obituary picture that they would use. <laughs> That's all I was thinking about. And I was like, it's so ugly. Like I hated it so much. And so, like, it's such a stupid thing, but it's like, now I think about what my obituary picture would look like. And like, and you're like, bitch, it better be cute. Yeah. 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 I, you don't want an ugly obituary picture. Come no, on. you don't. That should be the title of this episode. You don't want an ugly obituary picture. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you got into photography and you kind of just started taking pictures of everything and your kids and things like that. So that kind of started your business, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Once I, um, my kids hate getting their picture taken, <laughs> which sucks. Um, and then, so I just started taking pictures of, like my kids' friends or my, my friend's kids. And then after that, people just, um, they start asking me like, oh, can you take pictures of my family? And I was like, okay. And then it just, it was all history from there. I just, I, I love it to be able to like provide other people with those. I, I feel like pictures are just like treasured memories, you know? So like to be able to provide that to people is amazing. Like that's really cool. That's awesome. I love that so much. So we kind of recap, we had, you know, you had this stroke, you were pregnant, you had the baby, you started taking photos of everything. Um, and where are we, where are you? I, I say we, like I'm in the damn thing with you. Like I'm living your life with you. Um, where are you now in your journey? Kind of what's going on in your life now? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, <laughs> I'm very passionate about spreading awareness about strokes. Um, before I had my stroke, I, first of all, I didn't really realize what a stroke was. I thought it had something to do with your heart. I had no idea that it had to do with your brain at all. And I thought that it only happened to old people. Um, I don't know. That's just what I thought. And so I think that's I, a common misconception. Yeah. And so I am very passionate about spreading awareness. And so I do a lot of events with American Heart and Stroke Association. Um, My Instagram is like primarily used to like reach out to other young stroke survivors and be um, support for them. Um, That's one of like the biggest, the biggest things in my life and the thing I'm most passionate about. And then my photography, it's getting better. (laughs) I, I love doing that. And I, I, I don't know how to even explain it, but I'm just so like thankful that, that this is my job, you know, like, it's crazy that this is my job and I get, I get paid to do this. That's just, it, it feels like a dream, honestly. Girl, same. I all the time ask myself, I'm like, people really pay me to take pictures of them. And like, people really pay me to, come and speak at an event like what the fuck they want to pay me for you know so like I get it like it's so surreal and it's an incredible feeling and it's just like again one of those things that you have to learn just to be grateful for yeah a hundred percent it's it's so crazy it's a whirlwind it's um 
I don't it, that's basically where um my life is right now I'm raising my two kids and they're like the biggest obviously the biggest priority to me they're crazy and they're a handful but again I'm so grateful for them Um, well Bridget if you could tell anybody listening to this um one thing to be inspired by or one thing to really just be grateful for every single day what would you tell them oh my gosh I wish I had time to think about this literally it's like (laughs) it's like a novel I don't even know um just I don't I don't even know how to like put it into words that people would like understand but just don't don't like let the days pass you by because it's going by so quickly and really like carpe diem and take advantage of the days and take advantage of all the opportunities that you can possibly get. Um, step out of your comfort zone. That's like a huge, a huge thing with me is, I mean, you never grow anywhere in your comfort zone, you know? So it's like, once you step out of your comfort zone and you're like able to let yourself grow and like, like be scared, but also take advantage and do it anyways, despite you being scared. So I don't know if that even makes sense. Yes, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. And I love that. I love your story and I love where things are going for you. And Bridget, I am just like really excited that you are, you know, wanted to be here and, and share your story with us. And I am inspired by your story and I hope that others are. And I hope that you just continue to share awareness with people and let them know how amazing you are because you are, you're really awesome. And I'm just really proud. I don't even know you, but I'm really proud of the strength and, um, you know, the vulnerability that you are allowing to share with others. Um, and so Bridget, how can our listeners find you on social media? Um, my Instagram page is like, uh, at Bridget Clarice. So it's B-R-I-D-G-E-T-C-L-A-R-I-C-E. And then my photography is at Bridget Clarice Photography. Okay, perfect. And I'm going to link those in the description below for you guys if you want to check out some of Bridget's work and her help with, what did you say the foundation was again? Um, I do uh, events with the American Heart and Stroke Association. Okay, perfect. I'm also going to tag, is there a website or something I can tag for them below? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. You want me to, I don't know what it is off the top of my head though. Sorry. That's okay. I'll add it in the description below. Um, but Bridget, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You're amazing. Keep inspiring other people. And just thank you so much for being on the show with me. I greatly appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but the best. Oh my God, thank you so much. I loved it. All right, that is it for today's episode of Real Talk with Matt Matthews. I hope that you were inspired by this episode in some way. Make sure that you click the link below and check out the rest of the episodes and stay tuned for more.